Hello and welcome to Tech Vines. I'm Melissa Gurney Green, your host this week, and this is the podcast where we talk about um, technology and awesome wine. So I'm joined this week with my co-host um, Colin Gallagher and hey, Scott hey, hey, hey. Yes, hello, Scott. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> hello, Colin. Long time, long time no talk. So excited to have another episode of uh, Tech Vines. Yay! Yep, this is the highlight of my week. It's, it's, uh, it's been a long week. I've been really looking forward to this, so um, I'm feeling awesome about it. Same, same. And I'm, I'm even I'm... willing to put up with Scott's highlighted hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, is, it, is, it is very you, yellow. You missed that part of the discussion because you were late for the dial-in. <laughs> I'm almost back to its fully unnatural color, and it took a lot of work and effort to get it back to its full unnatural color, so... Uh, so here we are. Well, well, I'm doing my first um, COVID, post-COVID haircut on Saturday, and Ooh. I may have added a little bit of extra time for some color work as well. So, Ooh, so we'll nice. See next week. Yeah. You know me. I'm always a big fan of it. So. I'm not going to go as brass, <laughs> as brash and as bold as yours, Scott. No? <laughs> well, I do it because blondes have more fun, so that's my whole <laughs> thinking, right? So the blonder, the funner, right? Yeah. So what are you doing with your hair, Colin? Um, I'm going to go lighter again. You know, I, 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 every couple of years I, I change it up and go light. Um, and we'll see how light I go. So probably somewhere between my color right now and Scott's in between. Okay. It's going to look Looking a little, na- to it. little natural. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Nice. So this week we have wines that were referred to us by a friend. Colin, do you want to go first? I do. I do. I have a great wine. Um, it's a fantastic wine and a great value. And I'll probably mention that two or three more times. Um, and the story behind this wine is I was taking my first trip to Napa last year. Yes, shock. Um, it was actually my first trip. I've done lots of other wine regions, never made it to Napa. Um, my mother goes periodically and brings stuff back for me, but I've never made it. Um, and I was told that I need to go to Castello di Amoroso. Amoroso with an A, not an O like the, the celebrity person. Huh. <laughs> um, um, and I looked it up, and it is literally they took and built from scratch a medieval castle in Napa Valley. And it looks like a total tourist trap. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a faithful recreation of it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go because my friend Matt recommended this. It's, it's you know, interesting. I was like, I'm not going to like anything there. And I will tell you, I loved everything there. Yes, it is a tourist trap, but their wine is damn good. Um, and so uh, tonight I'm drinking their Merlot. Um, which, um, they, you cannot buy it in retail stores. You either have to be a member of the club, which I signed up for there, or you have to, um, uh, you know, you can order online, obviously, um, or you can go and um, buy at the vineyard. But it is a fantastic uh, wine. I'm showing the folks this. Um, but also what I really like about them from a marketing point of view is they also have exclusive wine toppers that are castle related. So this is my little dragon, gold dragon wine stopper sitting on top of it, oh um, which I haven't been able to find anyplace else. So yeah, it's it's a great wine. Um, and the story, the, the enhanced story behind that is went to the tasting room toward the, toward the, they'll do a full paid tour of the castle if you really want, sort of skip that figure, um, walk, but walked around the, the gardens a little bit, looked at it, you know, nice castle, whatever, I've seen castles, went down to the tasting room, um, trying to get it over with and get out of there because I thought it was going to be a cheesy tourist trap. And 
started taking some of the wines and really liked them. And the guy who was pouring realized that, that we liked the new wines. And so he spent a lot of time with us and, you know, gave us things that weren't on the tasting menu. And I just, you know, I just actually really like them. They're one of my go-to venues now. I really look forward to this club coming um, and, you know, reordering from them because it's really, really exciting. Um, and from a package point of view, they had a, you know, a limited edition something or other. I can't remember what it is. It's actually around the corner here right now um, that came in a wooden box. So they really do. They really do it well. But the wine is um, the wine is actually uh, worth it. So, yeah. So their Merlot is a really good value. Their, their other wines are good as well. Their Merlot is for some reason cheap. I guess that's because people still aren't drinking Merlot. Shame on people. That movie yes. was a long time ago. <laughs> Forget about it. Um, but their Merlot <laughs> is a really great value. And that was a reference Merlots to Sideways, awesome. just in case yes. anybody was wondering. <laughs> yes. If you're listening yes, to this yes. podcast, you should know Sideways. Yes. <laughs> okay, Scott, how about you? What are you drinking? Okay, so I am drinking, um, it is a, uh, it's an Italian blend. It's called, uh, the, the, the label is Al Paso, and um, the bottler is uh, Tulani, and it's, a, uh, it's basically a, a, a Tuscan blend, right? And it's, it's, it's actually less significant about the wine and more about the date that I associate with this wine. And the date is, see how geeky you guys are, December 18th, 2015. Anybody remember what, what happened on that date? For the geeks out there, this is like a huge... Uh-huh, this was, go on. Okay, I, 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 I'm, I'm no, pretty sure no, I know what no, happened. No. And... It was it was the day it was the day that um, the Star Wars um, oh. saga of um, the Force Awakens. That was the day that that was the release date in the uh, in the theater. And I remember I, this is a long story, so I well, I'll cut it down. Um, I really wanted to go see see it, but I knew that I in order to get tickets, we would have to go during the day, and. You know, I would have felt bad taking the day off just to go to the movie. So I had this great idea. I had a I had a team working for me at the time, and they were all um, recent college um, graduates. So they'd been with the company for just you know since since the summer, so only a couple of months in. And I thought, would it be a great idea if we took everybody to the movies and we just went out and we saw Star Wars, and then afterwards we would go out uh, and have kind of a, a, a late lunch and. and we did, saw the movie, loved the movie, and then we all went out, and we went to this uh, little Italian restaurant out in, uh, in Westboro, and um, the wine we were drinking was, was this wine, because I remember the bottle, I remember, I remember it, and you know, we were there probably longer than we needed to be there, but what made the, the, the whole day memorable is that there were two members of the team that didn't really know each other, but then got to meet each other, and they started to hang out, and you know, here we are 2020 and it's, you know, five years or so, almost five years since that, since that date when, you know, they first kind of all both got together and they're still together. They actually live together. So, you know, I won't put any pressure or mention, mention any names, but I, I always thought it was kind of cool to be, you know, in my mind, somewhat responsible for taking these two random dots and being able to connect the line between these two random dots and have, you know, some sort of relationship come out of it. And every time I drink this wine, and I get it pretty frequently, I always think about that day that that we went out and, you know, had a great time. And again, two people kind of came together. So that to me was was really cool. So that's why I picked this. Um, you know, it is a it the as I did a little bit of research because, you know, me, I always like to do a little bit of research. So what's interesting about the um, um, the bottler is that 
you know, they, they have a lot of, they, you know, they're using a lot of um, technology in terms of the process for how they actually make the wine. So one of the things that they do is when the grapes come in, the first pass, they do kind of the manual hand sort of the grapes. But once they get through the first pass, the second pass, there's there's basically an optical selection around the grapes. Oh, cool. So they're, yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. So they're, they're using, um, you know, um, um, kind of AI machine learning to figure out, are you a good grape? Are you a bad grape? And that's how the grapes are chosen. Um, they use a two-chamber uh, fermentation uh, system. So that's what helps with just the, the overall taste and in, in, in the flavor of the wine. And everything is basically, the whole process is computer controlled from, you know, the temperature around the fermentation to the bottling process. Everything is, is, is pretty automated. So I thought that was a good story because it kind of involved sort of the personal level and then it had kind of the, the geeky sort of technology piece. Cool. No, that's really good. And they should serve that wine at their wedding. <laughs> they should. Well, if no, I get invited, we'll, we'll, I don't want to put any like pressure some... on anybody. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. But, um, but you know what? I'll show up with some bottles. If, if I get invited, then yes, I'll, I'll supply at least a couple of cases of this. Yeah, that'll be a question if they remember the wine. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> they had they had other things on their mind. Plus, they're in their early twenties, so they didn't appreciate good wine. I mean, they were just happy that we weren't drinking Bud Light. I think so. You should have um, asked me about that day. I had I was putting on events, and we were renting theaters for that morning to show Star Wars, and I needed speakers. Uh, so I and I and I absolutely do remember that. But you know what? I didn't want to cheapen the experience by turning it into a work gig. So I wanted to make it a um, I wanted to make it a, a you know a day of playing hooky. And everybody thought it was like really cool. It's like oh we're gonna blow off work and we're gonna go to a movie. I'm like yes we are. Now of course you look at that right now and people are like well that's insane. Why would you like drive to a movie? You just stay home and watch Netflix. It's the same thing, right? So, uh, but so it was the, an experience. Uh, that was such an experience watching that in the theater. Hearing the muse, the intro music play for the first yes. time, yeah, I, yeah. I vividly remember that again. Just how I felt those emotions coming back. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And there's something about experiencing stuff like that live that yeah. isn't going to go away, Scott. Well, not just live with <laughs> other with, a with other people experience. with other people yes. with other people. Yes. It was that sort of geek camaraderie. We're all here. We're bonding together. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. And it was a team building um, experience, right? Because, you know, we had, you know, um, it was about 10 of us that were there. Um, and so not everybody could come. So a few folks had to drop out. But for the folks that showed up, I I hope it was memorable. I mean, I know we had a lot of fun and it was a, it was a great day. And I remember it started snowing at the end because you're in, in December. So we had snow towards the uh, the end of the day. So I, I do remember it, which is which is funny because it's five years ago. Where were you when you saw The Force Awakens, right? It's like one of those moments. Yeah, that, that does sound fun. And and less creepy when you do it at a theater versus in your home. So. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's a it's a much better experience. So Melissa, what do you I so I've got a red. Colin's got a red. You are the the um, you know the the contrarian <laughs> of the group. Well, she so. she is a redhead, so she doesn't have to drink the red. Well, the red. a redhead and the contrarian. So um, I'm guessing it's probably not a red. It isn't a red, and I usually go with reds, but um, this one has a story, and most of my reds are, are either tied to the two of you or to Brian, and I thought we'd give Brian a break this week and go with a Gruner. So this is a Gruner Veltliner, 
which is an Austrian grape, and I don't know much about it except for um, I was in Boston for work, of course, um, back in the old job, and I had uh, dinner plans with a co-worker that I was starting to get to know named Robin Braun, and um, the two of you probably know her pretty well, <laughs> but, but she suggested this amazing sushi place called Oya, which, yes, <laughs> Sorry. I can see from your reaction that you know this place. And they have this crazy chef's menu that has all this amazing sushi and wine pairings with it. And and we started with the Gruner. And it was a, it was, excuse me, it was the Hugo Gruner, which I could not find. So I did my best to find something similar. This one's a Kellermeister private Gruner, and it's from 2018. But um, the difference is acidity, which I actually prefer the acidity on this one. It's lower acidity for this one. But um, mm. when you taste it, it's got this wonderful kind of citrusy vibe and then a bit of green apple punch. And then there's kind of this mineral aftertaste that kind of hangs out. Mm. So it's, it's pretty cool. Very awesome for summer, especially really, really cold. So, so I, I, I like this one. Yeah, a also good, a good value. <laughs> a good German or, or Austrian white is really good with sushi, I find. Yes, yes, that. <laughs> yeah. So Scott, we you, you neglected. We both neglected to describe our wines, or maybe I I just did. So how does your wine? What's taste on the palate? Um, it is you know it's the the typical fruity dry. Um, you can taste the um the blackberry. When you so we uh, you asked the question so I already kind of cheated because I, I looked online to see what they what the I actually downloaded the data sheet there's a data sheet believe it or not for the wine which oh I my. thought was was interesting but it had in there that there was a um, a taste of tobacco which I thought was weird because I'm drinking it. it's like I don't really taste the tobacco but I can definitely taste kind of the the blackberry the um the the cherry it's not very acidic at all i remember what i remember about this is that you could drink a lot of it and you don't get that let's just say morning next day kind of ooh i i feel it from from the day before so it's a it's a nice very you know it's a mellow blend um i think the alcohol percentage is like 13% so that's right up there so it's not you know it's it's nothing out of the ordinary, um, you know, we we kitted last time we were going to do something like Boone's Farm or the old Mad Dog 2020, oh. and I almost pulled the trigger on that. I just didn't have a good story. Um, plus, this was actually, you know, already in inventory, so it was an easy one to select. What about you, Colin? How's yours taste? So, no, it's, I mean, again, it's, uh, you know, it's a nice Merlot. It's good medium bodied. Um, you know, I think, you know, good, good warm, a little bit of spice notes, um, you know, you know, some light blackberry or other, you know, sort of, you know, darker fruit flavors, which I really like, you know, it's not, um, be, you know, again, a good, it's a good Merlot, it's solid, it's not, you know, bland in any way, but it's not, you know, smacking in your face like a Zin or a Cab, which I usually drink, so it's a nice change of pace, I'm really enjoying it, yeah, I'm glad I opened it tonight. Too bad those grapes weren't optically selected by, uh, you know, some algorithm that some, you know, DevOps engineer... They were picked by faux nouveau surfs in <laughs> And in fairness, sometimes the gut goes a long way. Like some things you do with data and sometimes yeah. you trust your gut. Yep. Which I know oh, goes yeah. against Colin's credo, but <laughs> No, no, no. I'm I'm all for I'm all you know me, I'm all for a little 
you know, take a risk and do crazy things and try something. And you know, sometimes you just like something because the way, the way they make you feel. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of things you just like because of the way that they make you feel, um, technology that we said can't live without last week. Let's let's change it up a little bit and say things that are always with you. Um, Colin, sure. do you want to go first? Um, sure. So things that are always with me, and we're not going to talk about cell phones because cell phones are always with all of us right now. Right. Um, I've got two. I'll give my first one, which is going to be sort of the easy layup answer. Yes, I made a sports analogy. Give me points for that. <laughs> um, 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 my Apple Watch. Um, I am a big Apple Watch fan. Um, I pre-ordered day one, um, like I do with most Apple products. Yes, I, I'm a bit of an Apple fanboy. I also worked for, had an internship working for Apple at a college. Um, I also may have stood in line back in the 80s to get into the first store selling a Mac. But, um, uh, but anyhow, I... To be honest, the first Apple Watch was un underwhelming. Um, I had had a Pebble before that, and I didn't think it um, it was, you know, it, it wasn't a significant step up from the Pebble. And I think it took them, you know, two generations, not just to perfect the technology, because I think the technology is great. And, you know, um, I have a friend who I gave my first-gen Apple Watch to and still uses it really, really well. But it was really the software. It took them two, two gens of the software to figure out that how people would use it and really as a notification device you know being alerted to things as a fitness tracking and health tracking device and um and you know and it's a really narrowing the scope but early on i think it tried to do too much you know everybody had an, you know had to have an iphone app and you know it's really thinking about what you can actually do on this screen and also what do you what do you want to be able to do on your wrist version of things so for me you know it's it's incredibly useful because it minimizes the use of my phone i don't you know i'm not checking pulling my phone out i can surreptitiously in meetings or on a zoom call just look you know tilt my wrist and see what the things are i think setting up the right um vip alerts i think it has helped me be more active um, I think, you know, looking at the circles and trying to close the circles because I'm a completist really um, has helped me, you know, focus on yes. that. <laughs> it's yes. like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> um, I've done, I've been doing some of the competitions on it with it as well, where I can see, you know, you, you how much you exercise with. And then I think there are a few, you know, the remote control, the camera, there are a few niche apps that I use on it pretty regularly. But I think it's, you know, I, the day, the odd day when I leave it at home, I feel like I'm naked. And so I think, you know, that's something I really, I can't, and when I broke it once and I had to send it back in, um, lesson learned on that, by the way, never try and change your watch band hungover in Vegas in the bathroom. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, not ever. Dropping your Apple watch on the, those marble floors is not good for it. Yeah. Can I, can I just add to that? Let's, let's, let's expand the rule to never try to change anything hungover in the bathroom in, in Vegas, Vegas, right? Cause yes. yeah, that, that could only end. There's a lot of potential downside um, to that so tell me um, more about using your camera on your watch Just so you can you can it's a remote control for your for your for your iphone camera oh and okay. so so if you want you know if you actually want to and you can do an immediate you can do video you can control it so if you're you know if you're looking for your ideal selfie or a group picture right and i've, I've, did, I've done this so many where you don't want to have one person step out you mount the thumb someplace. We did this on a bike ride and, you know, a bunch of us got together and we propped it up on one of our bikes, walked back, and then I hit the three second delay and we took a couple of pictures. Um, 
you know, that way we're able to all get in the picture at once, um, you know, but also, you know, it helps you get that perfect selfie if you're really looking, you know, if you're doing it for the gram, it's also a great way to do it for the gram as well. Oh my gosh, I'm recording a keynote tomorrow, and I'm totally going to steal that now. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what's funny, is your phone is good enough to record a keynote now. (laughs) Yay. All right, Scott. What about you? What's your What's your first? So, um, so mine, as as I guess the way everything seems to line up is 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 it similar to Colin but different, <laughs> right? Um, so I I you know I rely on my Fitbit for everything because I like the analytics side of it, um, but my use case is is around you know battery life because I I can't take it off and charge it at night or. I'm not I'm not responsible enough to know that okay I could sit down for a minute and because if I leave it to charge for the half hour or whatever I'm probably not going to put it back on so I I forget about it plus you know the Apple Watch is is a nice device it is it's well designed it, it's aesthetically pleasing it looks really cool and you know my Fitbit I I beat the hell out of it right I I'll go out and I'll you know dig holes and wash dishes and you know I don't I don't care about it because it's very um, utilitarian so I, I don't do it for the fashion side i also i have regular watches like real like watches the kind that don't even have batteries you have to actually wind them in order for them to uh to work and i i still like just the the feel of you know wearing a, a real watch on on the left hand so i wear my fitbit on the uh, on the right mm-hmm. but where where it started is back when i was doing a lot of travel i was always very um I don't want to say obsessed, but I, I always need to know how much sleep I got because I knew that if, if I got anything less than, you know, five hours, depending on the situation, six hours or whatever it was, then it was going to be a bad day. And I needed to know, you know, when did I fall asleep and how much sleep did I get? It was it good sleep and it was bad, was it bad sleep. And so that's where I sort of started using it as primarily a way of being able to track sleep, plus all the other stuff, which, you know, which is the reason why I couldn't take it off at night to charge it because I wanted it mainly to basically capture the, uh, the, the data um, for that so I could, I could kind of track it. So um, I, I like it because, again, it's, it's not something that's elegant. It's not something that is, you know, I would consider to be a piece of jewelry. It's, it's kind of like a, almost like a dog collar, right? It has my, my ID on it. So if I get lost, you know, somebody can call the number and, and find me. It's almost that, you know, sort of basic in terms of, of, of what I use it for. Um, I do like the fact that it is integrated with some of the other apps that I use, so it's smart enough to know about things like Strava. So if you know, I if something happens on the Strava app and it gets missed, I always know that you know the Fitbit will you know capture the steps and the miles and the heart rate and all of that um, detail. Uh, so it's good it's good to kind of you know have a have a have a second place that that's collecting that that data. So. That would be for me because if I, if if I were to lose this, if it were to break tonight, literally the first thing I would do in the morning, I wouldn't even order it on Amazon because here we don't have like same day delivery in Amazon. We're still kind of, you know, in the stone ages where you have to almost wait like a full day to get your stuff. And I don't think I could wait the full day. So I would, you know, have to drive down to, you know, a, a department store or, you know, a Best Buy or whatever. And I would have to immediately replace it because I couldn't go the day without without having that that detail being that data being collected. Yeah, so a couple of things. A, I, that's, I missed that about the Bay Area, having the next day delivery. Um, yes. But the, the funny thing is I found there's an Amazon warehouse 
that is 15 miles from here in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. And every now and then I'll order something that comes from that warehouse and it's delivered not same day, but you know, next day immediately. So it's kind of a, a perk. Uh, but Scott, I'll tell you, I wear my Apple Watch. Um, a, I wear it on, on the correct hand, but I like, I'm interested about the alternate hand, but I beat mine up. I, I never take mine off. I, I use it all the time. And I, you know, like I said, the only time I've actually screwed it up is when I actually was taking it off. Um, you know, I, I've never scratched it. I've never done anything with it. It's, it's always been there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to I mean, me, it's, it's just, it's, it's just, it's so well engineered and it just looks so nice. I would feel guilty about it doing some of like the, the Fitbit. I don't care about it. It's just this black band. It doesn't even light up. Right. I have all the, the power saving features, um, turned on so I don't get notifications. It doesn't show me the time. I have to actually hit the button in order for it to do something. So, but I can go seven days, you know, between charges. Yeah. I can't even remember the last time yeah. I, I actually had to charge it. So to me, that's, that's, that's the primary thing. Yeah. Not having to carry a, you know, a charger while I travel would be a bonus, but I sort of live with it. And I, and the sleep tracking too. I really wish there was better sleep tracking on it. Um, though it, do, it does charge quickly. I just, you know, I probably could find a way to charge it for half an hour during the day or an hour during the day. Yeah, but, taking it off, taking it off to charge is not the problem. It's remembering to put it back on because that's the thing I would forget. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Former Fitbit user, uh, now Apple Watch user. I yeah, do... you flipped. You were you were Fitbit back <laughs> in the day, and then and then you flipped to to the Apple Watch. Yeah, I totally miss the sleep tracking. I definitely miss. Um, the battery life, but um, what I don't miss is the thing breaking every year and then me having to rush out to the store. Same thing. I, I, I had a fit. I had a Fitbit before I had my Pebble, and it lasted nine months and it broke. And I was like, "What the yeah. hell?" Yeah. <laughs> and they're they'll be super cool and send you like a twenty percent discount code to buy the next one. But it's still every year you got to replace it. And it's that random day where you're like out and trying to find it because it's it's one of those things that's so important to you and the sleep tracking is way better on um on fitbit but but for me i've got like this auto sleep app that i loaded and it's good enough i guess yeah. <laughs> if apple, if if i don't need to charge my watch while i sleep which ah <laughs> yeah app, apple really hasn't focused on, on sleep tracking you can tell and this has not the not been their interest um but yeah who needs sleep creative minds gotta <laughs> gotta create <laughs> But yeah, mine's mine's kind of my watch too, even though I bagged on it last time. Um, the the heart rate monitor though is is where I'm going with this. Now I had a heart rate monitor on the Fitbit, but at the time I made the switch, there wasn't a way to like check your heart rate or or do that kind of deeper dive with Fitbit and and really get a sense for for what's going on with me right now am i having a panic attack or a heart attack <laughs> like, these things are different and if and and the apple watch will tell you the difference so so leaving and having having the ability to kind of to kind of check yourself and also just watch your heart rate patterns over time and get some of those more detailed reports is something that apple watch does really well Yeah, no, yeah it's, big... it, 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 I was gonna say it's 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 interesting. Whatever the device is, it's almost you know it's just the means to the end. It's the analytics, right? Years ago, this didn't exist, mm -hmm. and and that's the addictive part is that when you know that you can get this information and you can build a history and you can see, for example, what's your average heart rate and what's that been, you know, you know, six days ago, six weeks ago, six months ago. I mean, my stuff goes back you know years now because of the. 
um, the, the, the data collection. So I think that that's, you know, that's the addictive part is that now you want to see, is this going up? Is this going down? Where are things trending in the, in the right direction? It's almost, it, it's almost, you know, too much. So the other, the other app that I use a lot is I, I use Strava, right? So when I run and I, I, I changed the setting um, a couple of, it was about two weeks ago now. So the setting I used to have was that at every half mile, it would tell me what my split time was. Right. And it would say, OK, so, you know, half mile and you're at, you know, 10.03. Right. And then the second half, the, the full mile would tell you, you know, you're at 10.26. And I would be like, oh, shit, I slowed down. I got to pick it up. And, it, and then it became just this obsessive thing where it was always like, you know, what, what's my split time? Where am I right now? Do I got to speed up? Do I got to slow down? And what ended up hurt happening is, you know, so I have, you know, some soreness and sort of this this kind of, you know, Old hamstring that I've been dealing with for the for the last couple of weeks and and my my split time really went down. I mean I was you know sub 10 and now I'm I'm barely you know under 11 most days and it's because of just you know running through some of the pain and I try not to, to push it. But then I was like I have to shut this off because that's what I become obsessed of. I know exactly where I am and I know it's going to tell me what that time is and I'm thinking in the back of my head trying to guess. What's that time going to be? Is it off? Is it too high? Is it too low? And then I have to run. And then it becomes not even enjoyable anymore. It just becomes this OCD, you know, yeah. of just, you know, yes. am I am I too fast? Am I too slow? Why am I so yeah. slow? You know, and then, and so I, I shut it off. And I, I don't even look at it until after the run. And I'm actually getting to the point where I don't even want to know what, what the split time is, what, what the, um, the total run time and the individual splits are just because – it's when you do it a lot and you have all of that history, it becomes it, it starts to become concerning when things start to trend. But, hey, you know, it, it, you're getting a little bit older. You're you know, it's just you can't be where you were, you know, four or five years ago. And so I, I try and shut that off because it's it's almost so, too much and it, it takes a lot of fun out of it. So yeah. I'm going to give up my second texture and talk about Strava um, um, because I'm also a Strava addict. Um I have three three interesting stories about Strava um, to prove that I'm an addict. When I had my bike accident two years ago um, in in France, and I was coming down um, an alp too quickly and flew off the road and shattered my collarbone. Cool. One of the very first things I did when I regained consciousness was get to my my Garmin bike computer and and stop it so my Strava wouldn't be ruined. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! That's how addictive it is. Um, were you were you in the ambulance at that point in time? Were you still before, laying they, on they, the they, road they bleeding? They were trying to in the ambulance, and I'm like, somebody turn <laughs> off my bike computer. <laughs> That's what I was yelling. Like, and find my AirPods. Like, those are the two things I was concerned about. Um, uh, second data point is that um, I have a friend too, like you, Scott, who's and it's worse on a bike because it's not just your own pace, right? You're getting right. all this data from, you know, you know, um, all the other, you know, sensors you have. Everybody around you, right? Yeah. Well, no, sensors you have on your bike, right? You have a cadence sensor, you have a speed sensor. Oh, you know, right, right, right. You yeah, can yeah. have a power sensor, right? You know, there's wind data that's also that's plays into board. So, you know, elevation, you know, all this data that you're getting. So it's, it's that's why I love it because it's data overload. Um, but um, routes and things like that as well. But it's also can be overload. And I, I've, I've had a friend who... Um, was a great cyclist and he actually had to turn off. He's like, I just need to learn to ride for the fun of it again. Cause I used to spend so much time obsessing about, am I putting out the right power on this, et cetera. Um, and, yeah. 
and you know it's it's, it's incredible um it can be incredibly overloading because it's so much data in your hands it can take away the fun of, of doing it and the last yeah. the last part is so um in a group that i ride with we were talking about strava this and strava that and finally this guy came up to me he just started writing again he's like you know i have to admit to something to colin you guys keep talking about strava and are you on strava is it strava and he's like i honestly thought strava was a performance enhancing drugs the way you, way you guys talked about it <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah, so. oh my goodness so, yeah i um i bailed on strava yeah. I'm I, I'm 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 being by. I'm using Strava for my biking still, and I'm using Map My Run for running um, because it, it gives better. Strava can't give me quarter mile split information, like audio cues, and Map My yeah. Run can. And I'm, since I'm starting to run again, I need that more basic, more regular interval. And so I may I may switch back to Strava. And also, by the way, when I post runs on Strava, my biking friends shame me. So it's sort of an easy oh, way to avoid that. Me. Like, why would you ever run? Don't you have a bike? <laughs> oh my God! So here's yeah. my here's my whole theory on the running versus biking, and I tell this to anybody that bikes. I say, hey, listen, you know, anybody that runs can bike. Like I I just the other day I hopped on my bike and I went 22 miles, and the only reason why I stopped was because my butt hurt. Like everything else, I could have gone on for like another day. Literally, it was not. It just it didn't feel like it was anything. And I tell them, you know, so you know, runners can bike, no issue, but bikers cannot run. So that's the that's the thing is it's hard for bikers because you got to get up and I mean it's like full you can't coast it's just continuous and so if you try to put down just even something simple like three four miles that takes some time to build up to and even if you're biking twenty thirty miles because Colin you're a good example right you're you're out there you'll do forty five miles right easy yeah easy that's a, yeah that's a medium and now and now and now you're running and you're pulling what twelve minute splits not that I'm watching or anything but I'm kind of watching <laughs> so twelve Shots twelve fired. minutes so it's like, wow okay I'm still faster than them all right good I, I'm proud <laughs> I got down from fourteen to twelve so that's but so that's good and believe me I don't I don't I don't shame anybody around split times I. Don't I mean that if you're out there and you're running, that is awesome. And it doesn't matter how slow or how fast you are. But if you can carve off, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes a day and go do that and do it consistently. That's the hard part is it's not just doing it, you know, once in a while. It's doing it on a regular basis. That's the part that yeah. takes commitment. Well, and that's why I've been starting to run again more because it's it's less it, it's a less of a time commitment than biking. Right. For me to get that's what got, a bike yes. ride is minimum two hours. Yes. Right, right. And, you know, I just can't. I can't do it right now. So, but but a good, you know, hour in the morning, I can I can squeeze in and you know and get done before I start to work. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I run too. <laughs> so I run. I I abandon Strava uh, for for stalker reasons, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I uh, hmm. I use Charity Miles. I've never had a Strava stalker. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want one. Okay. Uh, technically, Colin, you do. It's me. I'm the one that's yeah, exactly. straw. What did Colin do today? Oh my God, he rode his bike. Did he put any pictures up? No pictures. God damn it. What's he wearing? But yeah, charity miles is kind of the abandonment of any real metrics. Like, it'll give you miles per hour, the amount of time you ran, and the distance, and that's it. Like, there's no X minute mile stuff. You have to do that calculation all on your own. And you feel good about it because you're, you're running for a good cause. It's like, what a couple cents for whatever charity but you know they they get real impact based on um i guess the masses but um but what i miss is is that strava run and i can definitely relate to um 
to, to both of you in that, you know, I just got under that nine minute mile when right. I was at my peak. And now I'm posting over 12, <laughs> just over 12, but over 12 <laughs> every time. Cause I still so do the obsessive calculation afterwards. <laughs> and I'm like, this stinks, you know, and I'm coming off a knee injury. So I'm like, don't blow it out. Don't blow it out. Don't blow it out. <laughs> but it's still, yeah, that, that, oh, I want to get back to that. <laughs> right. I which, which I guess... Yeah. At, your, at your worst, you're, you're, you're me at my best, so take pride in that. Isn't that always the case, though? There's always somebody out there that would love to have your time. And and I think that's something to take to, 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 take to heart and kind of keep going, you know? <laughs> just, just keep going. You're doing it. That's still awesome, yeah. right? Which, which I guess brings me to mine, which is my earphones. So I've got these Bose SoundSport earphones that I absolutely take everywhere I go. Um, love them in the gym. Love them for my runs. Uh, rain, they seem to do way better than, um, than my other devices. I've never tried AirPods. So I, I always get nervous about like losing AirPods. So I've never kind of made that switch. And Bose even has an AirPod-like thing that's a little heavier and i i haven't done that either so these are connected <laughs> and and they hang out around my neck all day and i've actually got two pairs because i'll i'll switch them out and you know podcasts um any kind of audiobooks or learning and then music for the run and and the gym usually yeah my second one was going to be my airpods um but you don't find them heavy around your neck I've got so much hair and weight oh, no. with the hair that I don't notice any kind of weight around my neck. Yeah. With, with, yeah. So just my, my, my two cents on AirPods. Um, everybody says they're worried about losing them. Um, if, if, you know, regular Apple, you know, buds fit in your ear, the AirPods are not going to, the AirPods are not going to fall out. Um, and actually I find when I switch from wired to wireless, they fell out of my ear less because I didn't have a wire to get things caught on. Like, you know, I'm a bit of a spaz and I was catching it on things at the gym or my own body, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I find they stay in my ear much, much, more, much easier. I, I, they almost, they've never fallen out. I mean, I, I ride with them in and, you know, I used to touch them when I was coming, you know, I was for just one, just one for safety reasons. Sorry, just one for safety reasons, not both. Um, and I always decided to face away from the street. Um, but um, I would touch my one ear as I was going downhill, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour, worried about falling out. I don't even bother that anymore. It has never done it. Um, wow. What the challenge with them is when you drop that little case, they can cool. scatter out of it and go. That's the that only time I've never been able to find them is when, you know, I accidentally dropped the case and I have to go looking under the couch or something. It's, it's a big issue. Um, um, but yeah, it's, they, they've never fallen in my ears. I still have the old ones. I haven't upgraded the new ones. Um, I'm looking for that. And if anyone is wants to sponsor, my birthday's coming up and that would be a great birthday <laughs> gift for me because I've been holding off on doing it. But yeah, um, I, and I hear great things. But they're even better with that. The the feature that they have where it will, you can turn on and it will, it will echo, you know, ambient spoken words back into you. So you can actually hear people and things like that. Um, I think it's called transparency mode where it actually, a lot, you know, it, it helps prevent some of that, that noise. Um, uh, you know, you know, noise obfuscation that you might get, which is why we're on here from the time. So, but everybody seems to like them. The battery life is, is, is better, though I don't have a problem with mine. Um, you know, 
So yeah, so I'm a big fan of my AirPods. I love them. Again, that was the second thing when I when I wrecked off the bike. I was like, oh, sorry, they fell out of my ears when I wrecked off the bike and got knocked unconscious. Okay, so they did fall out of my ears once, but I was unconscious at the time. Okay, in and fairness, I, like broke and it shattered my collarbone. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Four pieces. Yeah. It was an impact. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's kind of true. Yeah. Did the was there blood on them, or were we able to at least rinse the blood off without you know? No, there was no blood. It was damage. all internal. Oh. It was all internal. Like, uh, oh, okay. Just for that, Scott, I'm going to send you the picture of my body the next day. Like, I oh. I remember the picture. I remember you posting it, and everybody's no, no, like, you, "What you happened?" You posted the picture of me in the ambulance. You didn't see the picture of me shirtless with my whole side bruised. Yes. No, oh. I definitely. Well, I don't know. I rem- I I remember it looked pretty nasty. It was Other like, parts. Oh my I, I showed god. my elbow. I think I showed just my elbow and stuff. Yeah, I didn't show like. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, we were yeah, we were worried disgusting. about you. It was yeah. like, what's he doing yeah. out there? He's riding yeah. around the Alps or wherever he is, and he's like drinking wine and going on these bike rides and here he is he's like falling off that, and that, that was that was a charity ride that was a charity ride for, for a former employer um, yeah. And, um yeah and so Scary. yeah I got, oh. and i got i got to wreck it in front of in front of our head of our european sales Ooh. <laughs> nice good That's way rough. to make an impression exactly yeah so I went. So I I have been interested and intrigued with the AirPods, but same thing as the the Apple Watch, where I'm afraid because they're just too, you know, they're just too pretty, right? So I I, I roll the same thing that that um, uh, Melissa does with the um, uh, the bows, and there's and right now there's really so I like them. They they work well. I actually have both pairs. I have the wired ones and I have the ones that are just the, the buds that you put in your ear. And I actually wear the wired ones more because like if I'm out and I want to take one off, I can just unplug it and like it'll, the wire will like rest around the, you know, I wear the wire around the back of my neck and it'll just hang there so I don't have to worry about losing it. So I found that to be, you know, more functional than than the um, the ones with without without the uh, without the wire. But the reason why I've stuck with Bose is because, you know, here's, here's an opportunity for sponsorship, um, the support from Bose is absolutely amazing, right? So I have, I've had these headphones, not these same physical pair, but when I have any issue with it, the battery doesn't charge or I can't get them to turn on or whatever it is, I just go to the, the website and, you know, contact somebody. I dial the 800 number. Somebody, a human being actually picks up the number. I give them the code off of that. They ask me what the problem is. And, and in every situation that I've had, they've replaced them. So I have had the same, well, I, I bought one pair and it's probably going on three plus years now and they've been replaced twice. But then again, I don't hold that against them because I'm like, you know, I, I, I go outside the guardrails in terms of normal usage for these things. Cause like I run in the rain and I'll go out there when it's 90 degrees and I'm like just pouring sweat. And, and I, and I know, you know, and I, and I've had, you know, I've had the other, um, um, the, the Dr. Dre ones in the past, right? And, and they were horrible because I would have them for like a couple of weeks and they would literally fall apart. I mean, like fall apart. Pieces would just come undone. So that's why I switched to Bose. So, so again, even if, even, you know, I, I'm not against the AirPod, but just the fact that I know if I have any problems with Bose, all I have to do is just, you know, give them a call and, and they're yeah. really, really good to work with. And, Within a couple of days, they they'll they'll replace them or they'll address the issue. So the uh, the support is fantastic. Now, as so much Bose, as... if you're listening, it Bose, if you're listening and you uh, would like to support, um, I mean, I am in the uh, the <laughs> in the market for a new sound bar. So if that's something you'd like to donate to the cause. So I am I you know I love my AirPods. Again, I've had them early on, um, but for travel, I love my Bose headset 
you know, no, the noise canceling. Um, again, it was before Apple had the noise canceling stuff, but battery life is better. It goes much longer time, you know, when you're spending eight, 10, 16 hours on a plane in a day, you know, which we yes. all do have done. Um, you know, it's nice to have the, the full complete enclosure and, um, and, you know, I've been a big fan in there and they're great for shutting noise out at work though, you know, um, so for a lo for a long time, for long time use, I, I switched to Bose because it's just a great product. Yeah. And yeah. I've never had any problems yeah. with them except when I've left them in cabs and other things like that. But, yeah. And those over the ear ones are great for, I don't want to talk to you, which on the airplane, newsflash, mm -hmm. don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, having a chatty seatmate is the worst thing ever on a plane. Except, except yes. well, chatty or smelly, one or the uh, other. Yeah, yeah. I I have stories for you, Colin, <laughs> in regards to chatty, smelly seatmates. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have a drunk seatmates too, which is an awful one. Drunk chatty. That's like, okay. Yeah. See, my my strategy is not to let somebody like that sit next to me. I want to be that person sitting next to them. So that's. <laughs> Well, in in most cases you are. <laughs> Probably. Well, I don't know. I've I've seen your your Snapchats on planes. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm a I am a great um uh seat neighbor on on an airplane. I'm considerate. I get it. Listen, if I'm on the aisle and you have to use the restroom, you know I don't care. If you gotta go, you gotta go. You're not bugging me. I'll fall back asleep. So. You know, I, I would rather it would bother me to know that somebody was sitting next to me and uncomfortable for an extended period of time because they were too afraid to uh, to nudge me. Now, that said, if I'm in the middle seat and someone's sitting on the aisle and I got to go, that dude's get or the, whoever that person is, they are going to move or I'm going to climb right over them. So I don't I don't hesitate because you know my, my theory has always been I'm never going to see this person again for the rest of my life. And. The worst possible outcome is I'm going to leave him with a story where he's going to walk in or that person, he or she is going to walk in and say, you should have seen this dude that sat next to me on the flight to wherever, right? So I could be that, I could be that example. So I'm, I'm not afraid of that. Good times. Let's get back to the grapes, shall we? <laughs> how, do yeah. you, how do you top that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we should ask Colin what we're drinking next week. So next crazy. next week, since I'm hosting, we are going outside. The weather has gotten good finally, at least here, um, and it, it's warm. You know, there's a little rain coming through every now and then, but um, um, we're gonna we're gonna do a good wine to drink outside at this time of year, which I happen to think is rosé. And even though you know it, it was it was all hot for the last two years, um, I think there are some really great rosés out there. Um, and we can talk about rosé. So wine next week is rosé, your favorite rosé or your, your 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 least your least odious rosé, whatever you want to choose. Just, we're going to talk about rosé. Okay. And what's the uh, what's the technology topic? The tech. So I was going to do um, fitness tech that we covered a little bit of that today. So let's expand that a bit and we'll do outdoor tech. Okay. Outdoor okay. Tech. okay. Outdoor it. tech. So what tech do you like to use outdoors, you know, away from your home? You know, ideally away from Wi-Fi, but you know, think tech on outdoors. You know, not necessarily on the go because we talk a little bit travel day, but just sort of outside tech, tech that you you know, you use you know outside when you're, you know, not not in, not meant not on a plane. Let's say not on a plane, right? Let's exclude pain from that because we talk a little bit. So just so just so I understand the ground to. rules. So it doesn't require Wi-Fi. Does it require any sort of battery? Or no, could it be something. It it doesn't have to have a battery. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why Good. Why do you need yeah. right. rules, man? Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I just want to make sure we're all on the same, you know, level playing field. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna talk about my new Nikes, and Colin's gonna be saying, "Well, I got this drone that's got 
4K definition and well, Melissa's talking variety, about. Variety is good, Scott. Variety is good. Okay. It's gonna all right. Tech, yeah, tech, tech, yeah. I just yeah, I yeah. like to know the rules. No, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, tech, yeah. Um, so speaking of, remember I was bitching about um, I hate things that have batteries. I can't remember what it was recently. You just reminded me. It's like I was gonna I was gonna tell you guys today. I got a replacement for something. And the new one doesn't have batteries. It has a USB charger. So like they heard me and they, they rubbed the product in the two weeks. And when I ordered it, I was like, great. Um, this is amazing. Yeah. So I was, I was really impressed with that. That's exciting. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what the product was now. It was tool or something. Hammer, but yeah, something, something for the house. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really great. It's just so slowly getting there. Well, awesome. I guess that, that kind of includes our... Uh, ah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how we top that. <laughs> that concludes our show for this week, everyone. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Until next time. Cheers. Good drinking. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>